Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Wednesday of the 13th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who through the grace of adoption chose us to be children of light, grant, we pray, that we may not be wrapped in the darkness of error, but always be seen to stand in the bright light of truth. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Amos. Seek good and not evil, so that you may live, and that the Lord God of hosts may really be with you, as you claim he is. Hate evil, love good, maintain justice at the city gate. And it may be that the Lord God of hosts will take pity on the remnant of Joseph. I hate and despise your feasts. I take no pleasure in your solemn festivals. When you offer me holocausts, I reject your oblations and refuse to look at your sacrifices of fattened cattle. Let me have no more of the din of your chanting, no more of your strumming on harps. But let justice flow like water and integrity like an unfailing stream. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. To the upright I will show the saving power of God. To the upright I will show the saving power of God. Listen, my people, I will speak. Israel, I will testify against you, for I am God, your God. I accuse you, lay the charge before you. To the upright I will show the saving power of God. I find no fault with your sacrifices. Your offerings are always before me. I do not ask more bullocks from your farms, nor goats from among your herds. To the upright I will show the saving power of God. I own all the beasts of the forest, beasts in their thousands on my hills. I know all the birds in the sky, all that moves in the field belongs to me. To the upright I will show the saving power of God. Were I hungry I would not tell you, for I own the world and all it holds. Do you think I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? To the upright I will show the saving power of God. How can you recite my commandments and take my covenant on your lips? 
you who despise my law and throw my words to the winds. To the upright I will show the saving power of God. Alleluia, alleluia. The Father gave us birth by the message of his truth, that we might be as the first fruits of his creation. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus reached the country of the Gadarenes on the other side of the lake, two demoniacs came towards him out of the tombs, creatures so fierce that no one could pass that way. They stood there shouting, What do you want with us, Son of God? Have you come here to torture us before the time? Now, some distance away, there was a large herd of pigs feeding. And the devils pleaded with Jesus, If you cast us out, send us into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, Go then. And they came out and made for the pigs. And at that, the whole herd charged down the cliff into the lake and perished in the water. The swineherds ran off and made for the town, where they told the whole story, including what had happened to the demoniacs. At this, the whole town set out to meet Jesus, and as soon as they saw him, they implored him to leave the neighbourhood. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I love this story in the Gospels. It's got everything. Jesus... Demons, pigs, what more could you ask for? Um, but you know what? It's like it's it's strange. It's a it's a weird one. Uh, but you know, I I think there are a few little few little hints that we can gain from this text that that gives us a a helpful means of of understanding what's going on. Um, now look. I'll be honest with you, this, this, this passage raises a lot of questions, and I don't think I'll, I'll address you know, all of your questions. It, it really is a very unique part of scriptures. But um, a couple of little things can help us. Now, firstly, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to say how long it took me to figure this one out, but, but a demoniac, that's someone who's possessed by a devil, a demon, on the other hand, is an evil spirit, you know, one that's on the side of... Satan. So you can feel sorry for demoniacs, can't feel sorry for demons. So we've got Jesus, who now, having calmed the storm, now arrives at the other side of the lake in the country of the Gadarenes. Now, what's important here to remember is that having crossed to the other side of the lake, Jesus is now in pagan territory. And there are a couple of things that that really give us a very strong hint that they ain't among the Israelites anymore. Firstly, what the heck is a herd of pigs doing there? If they were Jews, there's no way that they would be farming pigs. Pigs are ritually unclean. They don't eat them. They don't farm them. They don't have anything to do with them. So, you know, we've got herds of pigs now and, and you know, swine herds who are like shepherds for pigs who are looking after them. Clearly, they're now in, in, in pagan territory. And what does Jesus do? He goes to battle. You know, we hear about these two demoniacs, you know, people who are two people who are possessed by devils. And, and clearly, they're so fierce that, that everyone in the township nearby needs to avoid them and, and, and stay out of their way. 
but Jesus goes right there. <laughs> what everyone else avoids, Jesus goes and confronts. And they stand at a distance and they, they start shouting, what do you want with us, son of God? Have you come here to torture us before the time? Now, think of that for a second. The very presence of Jesus as the Son of God, you know, who the demoniacs clearly recognize, is for them a torture. Now, we're probably not accustomed to thinking of Jesus' presence as being one that is torturous. I mean, Jesus' presence is something that we we seek out, you know. We go to adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. We receive him in Holy Communion. We seek out Christ's presence in so many different ways, in in our neighbor, in the poor, he's someone whose presence we long for and one who we seek out. But now Jesus comes in contact with some of his opponents and his presence for them is torture. And so they plead with Jesus to be expelled into the herd of pigs. And and Jesus, I love it. He just gives this nonchalant little response. It's like, go on. Go then. And, you know, they make for the pigs and the whole herd charges down the cliffs and into the lake where, obviously, the whole herd drowns. Now, that's a bit of a bummer for the swine herds. You know, they've kind of, they've lost their herd and their their livelihood. But, you know, from a Jewish perspective, the fact that these unclean spirits have gone into unclean pigs and, you know, that both of them have now disappeared into the nothingness of, of the lake just kind of highlights what Jesus' mission is. He is going to do battle with evil. And it's not a fair fight. <laughs> and the demons know it. The point that I'd like to focus on especially is that the the swine herds, they run off, they make back for town... And then they tell the whole story of what had happened to these demoniacs. Now, clearly, these two guys who everyone's been avoiding, they're very well known. And, you know, the fact that they've been healed, the fact that they've been liberated from the power of the devil, you know, obviously that's 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 pretty amazing. But the swineherds are going, yeah, but he 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 cast them into my pigs and now my pigs are, are, are gone. And then, get this, the whole town set out to meet Jesus, and as soon as they saw him, they implored him to leave the neighborhood. Now, you'd imagine that, you know, if you're dealing with someone who, by two simple words, can free these two demoniacs from the power of the devil and cast the devil himself into the nothingness of the lake, that, like, this is actually a pretty good contact, you know? It might be advantageous to have Jesus on your speed dial. And yet, instead, they go out to meet Jesus as a whole town and implore him to leave the neighborhood. Now, I think here we see a kind of echo of the demoniacs and the people in the town. That the demoniacs themselves spoke of Jesus' presence as as being torturous. And now we see this crowd that comes out of the town, that they too have an estimation of Jesus' presence that's not positive, and they ask him to leave. So why do they do it? Well, I'm guessing they like their bacon too much. Now, I don't mean that to sound quite as flippant as it does, um, but 
you know, I think it it puts us in contact with a, a fairly important spiritual reality. You see, Jesus has come in order to put an end to evil. He is a warrior. He is doing battle. And, you know, admittedly, it's not a very fair fight. (laughs) But whose team do we belong to? If we belong to the Dark One, then like the demoniacs and, you know, like these townsfolk, we probably won't welcome the presence of Christ, but rather see him as a threat, as a threat to our current way of life. There'll be a sense that Jesus is coming to take something away, that he's coming to make us poorer. He's coming to take away the swine. And no question, you know, Jesus' first words in his public ministry are exactly that, repent, turn away from evil. If you like, let go of the swine. If you look at the condition of these demoniacs, you know, they really are pitiable completely alone, completely isolated by their captivity to the evil one. And Jesus has come to loose those fetters, but you've got to let him go. The invitation that Jesus makes to repentance, you know, at the beginning it it, it feels like a greater discipline. It feels like a greater burden to carry because, you know, the easiest thing to do is just to keep going with the status quo. And yet, what Jesus promises us is that this is freedom. This is liberation. That the Lord can take what holds us captive, cast it into some filthy swine, and be done with it. But if we're too in love with pork, we might just ask him to leave. So maybe maybe for today, to spend the day invoking the presence of the Lord Jesus and welcoming the presence of the Lord Jesus, the one who brings freedom, the one who brings victory, the one who takes away what is unclean and what holds us captive and truly embrace his holy presence throughout the day and to treasure him in our hearts. At the Saviour's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. 
and with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.